from Des Moines. No, not the one in Washington State-wise, guy. The good one. It's the Talking Paragraphs podcast. I'm your host, a man who never put the cover sheet on his TPS reports, Daniel Finney. And now, our co-host, a modern-day Prometheus who stole fire from the gods so that he could finally have heat in his house, the world's most dangerous accountant, Memphis. Paul, I, I am to Hello. understand that after a uh, absence of a week, you now have electricity in your greater Memphis area home. So not this Thursday, not this last Thursday, but the Thursday before. Yes. Roughly 10 a.m., the power was lost in my domicile. And um, I think power was returned um, 6.45 p.m. this last Thursday, so a span of a little greater than seven days. That is correct. Wow. So I have some questions about this. We texted a little bit during this time, but you were conscious about the power of your device and also just kind of generally cranky from being cold and in the dark. So I've been in situations where I've been without power for a couple Mm -hmm. days, maybe three and I got pretty raw after the first or second night in terms yeah. of my attitude towards the human race. Mm-hmm. How what about your local utility company? How was your attitude towards them? <laughs> my, my attitude towards them was fairly neutral because there was a lot of damage around town so i sort of thought nah, there's they have a lot of work to do but i was sort of mentally edgy in the sense right. that i just wanted i wanted air conditioning or heat it was air conditioning in my case and i wanted yeah. i just wanted to sit passively and screw around on the internet like every american so it's your right it's your right as an american to do so yeah right so when when did the when did social graces start to break down for you and your mom? Like between between us? No, I think the two of you handle or, it pretty good, but at, at some point yeah. to each other pretty well. But like generally speaking, there's there's gotta be a point where you're like, I'm just sick of everybody and everything. Um well, I guess there's multiple points. I would say that um this last Thursday uh, and Friday at work, I was pretty pooped out. Like, sure, it, it may have even been days where power had been restored, but it was like I'm just kind of tired. Like the, the the not having the heat beforehand. Um, yeah, it's like kind of the feeling of uh, oh, I had a big meal and I just feel like taking a nap. Kind of that feeling. Yes. Uh, but maybe with an extra dose of just being a little cold. Uh, like I'd show up in the office and uh, for the first couple hours, I feel like my body was still warming up a little bit. Like I didn't feel bad at home because I was bundled up, but uh, 
kind of the the recovery. It's like, whoa, that I was doing. You know, I don't think my body like that. Uh, what kind of, kind of lows do you guys deal with in Tennessee this time of year? Because, you know, we have below zero temperatures around this time of yeah. year. But I assume it's not that bad, but it's pretty bad. No. Um, it's, I don't think, um, you know, I don't think you're judging things quite correctly. Um, it's not that bad. It's just, we're unprepared for it. Um, oh, right. So it was, it was below freezing. Mm-hmm. Um, ice froze on the trees. We've got a lot of big trees and, uh, it weighted down the limbs and snapped them off and they fell on power lines which are pretty flimsy um we don't keep the tree limbs cut back and normally it's not a big issue or if it is it's not like 30 percent of the customer base it's scattered See, that's that's a geographic difference between the two of us is the city goes out several times a year throughout the whole city here in Des Moines, and they, they cut the limbs back so they're not hanging over power lines. Well, there's two differences. One, yeah. Memphis, is not a, Memphis is not a wealthy city. Well, neither is Des Moines. Two, what you're saying. That's relative, but we're, we're not well-to-do to be throwing money around willy-nilly on that. Uh, public service um oh, public service and, two, <laughs> and uh and two um you know it's like every seven years uh, sure the, that the, part weather, I the weather gets so bad that it's a problem yeah uh, it's like hell hell nine thousand you know we're just gonna let it fail yeah just, uh, let the batteries run out use yeah, then we'll fix it. The, the thing about that I didn't understand from Memphis okay. Utility or whatever it's called is that when we have these major storms, trucks like that affect huge swaths of the state, then the utility companies in neighboring states, like we'll get people oh, we from did. Minnesota and, and Wisconsin mm-hmm. and... Nebraska yeah, or whoever, and they're they're all over the place doing the work, uh, regardless of whether they're you know that that's just sort of a mutual aid understanding. Did you guys get that, or it was just yeah. understanding the level of damage? We did. We got uh, crews from all over yeah. uh, the surrounding states. Uh, but they would also be like that... states that wouldn't have that many. Like you're in a warmer part of this the country, so like what the advantage that Des Moines would have is it's a part of the colder portion of this this country. So neighboring states would have a bunch of extra crews or a bunch of crews that they could do dole out. Whereas you're in a part of the country that's warmer most of the time, so yeah. they only have so many crews. Period. There's 81 crews. Is the number they quoted. I don't know if that's a big number. Uh, yeah, it seems kind of tiny for the city. The city of what? Memphis, like 4 million people? No, like 
400,000 maybe. Oh, okay. The the city probably. I mean, there's, there's out, the city, yeah, the MLDW yeah. customer base is like 350,000. Okay. Probably more people. It's a lot of surrounding communities. But uh, in terms of our customer base, uh, that would be quoted in the news story. So it was around 350,000. Now you were, I looked at, the news stories and you were, they were as many as 35% of their customer base out early on, but you, you had to be among the last to go back on, there's but you, still, have been, you had still, been promised like maybe on Monday, the uh, Friday, which would have been the second day. Yeah. There was a, uh, uh, like you can call, you can call a number, put your yeah. account number and you get an automated response. That's at two o'clock. So that that was wrong. Yeah. Um, and then they put out notices like, "Oh, ninety percent of the people will be restored by the, that first Sunday," and then it was like ninety-five percent by Thursday. And yeah. Well, that's one of these lies, damn lies, and statistics. Yeah. I'm pretty sure they quoted it as if it was like, "We're going to restore that percentage," but then it's like, "Hey." That percentage has power, you know, of the people we serve. And it's yeah. like, well, that's not the same thing. Restoring the percentage that lost power versus this percentage of the whole uh, customer base has power. That I've, those are two different math problems. Um, that was always a tricky thing when I was writing weather stories, which yeah. I know you love to talk about. But when we would have weather that would cause power outages the only thing we could report was the number of customers who were out and people confuse that with the number of people but it's actually not the number of people like one customer would be my entire apartment comp well that's you know there's 180 some units here and who knows how many people live in all of those units so there's one customer could be thousands of people. It could be a corporate entity that a lot of people work in. It could be a school building. It could be you and your mom. You could never really translate that into a meaningful statistic. You could only just say X number of customers were without power, which was a lot. They did provide like little digital maps that you could go look up online. And you could see like yeah. where the what areas were still dark and whatnot, mm-hmm. but like a it'd be like a pimple, a yeah, big blotchy pimple. And now it's like, well, there's a pimple there, but they put some. I had a separate story that mm-hmm. I was going to throw out. I haven't talked about this apart from the Q and A section of this uh, coverage. Um, well, I came home on one night. This, Lay it on me. This was probably this was probably day five. This is the day I kind of uh, mentally had a breakdown. Um, yeah. I get home and uh, there's a story that there was a, a MLGW crew saying, "Oh, we're in the area. We're assessing things. Power's coming back at some point." But then there was a second crew of people, and these were like workmen for the rental property next door to me. Yeah. And apparently a limb, which this would have been a limb from a tree on my property, right, had fallen down 
my uh, neighbor. Oh. And uh, I was unaware of this, but that that had happened. And uh, so my mom was recounting the story, but like the two stories were kind of getting intermingled. And uh, of course, you know, she's been in the cold all this time. So you're, I think you're, your storytelling capabilities deteriorate just like all the other other functions of being cold and well you're using a lot of executive function to just do basic stuff like stay warm and figure out how to make a meal with no power (laughs) ah sure How, how can i gussy up this cold cereal is this milk still good? How many days has it been? Yeah, yeah. you're doing a lot of problem solving. Um, so anyway, hearing the story and trying to figure out, I'm Googling what's the liability, you know, when your limb crashes in some other neighbor. Uh, so that that was a tense uh, 15 minutes. Trying to, I was trying to eat dinner, uh, pizza I brought home before the natural light in the sky faded. Uh, so that, that was all kind of a tip. To, that was the hardest. That was the that, saddest part for me as your friend is sometimes you would call me not every night cause I would be busy or whatever, but sometimes you would call me and you'd be like, yeah, I'm racing home with, you know, subway sandwiches or whatever. And I want to get there and eat these before the light goes out. And well, I was yeah, well, I- Right. I can, well, I can still see it. And then I'm going to go back to the bedroom and I can see my covers and negotiate all that stuff. Right. So, but the, the thing is you were calling me at like, you know, four forty-eight, and, mm-hmm. and I thought that's, that's a long time between then and work, uh, the next day. Like you can't just go to sleep at five o'clock at night, or if you do, you wake up mm-hmm. at like three in the morning. Yeah. So that, that's a long time, uh, to, to be in the dark with nothing to do unless you deploy a bunch of candles. But based on your recommendation, day two or three, I got one of those, uh, blocks. Yeah. Charge it up and then power your phone so you can, uh, scroll, do scroll through the Twitter and see what MLG, what their latest law they're telling people is. Yeah. See what those messages are. What what did uh, your mom do? Night. What did your mom do to keep saying? What is she, 70, 72? Uh, she had library books. She had flashlights, a lot of reading. Yeah. You know, I would recommend going out, going to the library, go to the donut shop and Eventually, there was some of that happening, but um, she's uh, uh, she's a little more stoic than I am about these uh, I just, than I am. The statement that you made there is maybe the most amazing statement I've ever heard in the duration of our friendship, which is that there's a person who's <laughs> more stoic than you are. Sure, sure. Because I, I could give you, like you could be on like The Price is Right, and you could win Plinko, oh. and then win the main land on a dollar on the spin yeah. the wheel and then win the main prize. And you'd be like, Oh, this is nice. You know, this is good. This, this met and it seems my expectation. Right. Yeah. That's, that's what I'd say to crew here. So to, 
to think that there's another person more stoic, your mom would just wouldn't say anything. She would be taciturn to the nth degree. The apple, you know, the apple doesn't fall far from the tree, as they say. Sure. Anyway, uh, I think it's time that we turn ourselves away from that dark period in your history. Hey, oh, yeah. To uh, the larger world as a whole. And I have, I think this is good news. Entertainment oh, yeah. Weekly is ceasing yeah. publication of its magazine. Yeah. It's still going to be an online, whatever that is. I never go to their website, so who cares? Here is why it is good news to me, Paul, is that I have tried to get them to stop sending me this magazine for about, yeah. off and on for about, three years the magazine's content is awful we used to spend hours going over like the tv previews and the movie previews for the various seasons and now i'm at a point where i don't even look at those issues it, i my subscription ran out i'm not paying them any money but they keep sending yeah. it to me, which may be why they're having to cease publication is because they're sending it to people that aren't paying them any money. But I got to a point where like, I don't even want to waste the energy it takes for me to go from my mailbox, like five feet over to the recycling dumpster and throw it away. I wanted them to stop and I sent them letters and I called, but the thing was they kept changing owners. Like they were a part of time life then Time Life magazines sold and broke up. And then they were a part of Meredith magazines here in Des Moines. And I thought, okay, these are guys are right down the road. I'll be able to get this taken care of. No, they were like, you have to go to the company that you subscribe to, uh, subscribe to the thing for to get this done. Then Meredith got sold to some company of whoever. I can't know. I can't begin to tell you who they are. And then those guys were like, now is the time to quit sending these things out. And I applaud this because I liked Entertainment Weekly in the 90s and up to the mid 2000s. But at some point, it became just snarkiness and there was no news in there. And the things that I wanted to be fun weren't fun. Yeah. And the reviewers, after a while, I was like, do you guys even like movies? Do you even like TV shows? And so I was like, I don't need this in my life, but I couldn't get rid of it. But finally, fate has come to the door of the Entertainment Weekly media franchise and put two bullets in the head the way everyone else is doing. So I celebrate this. At the same time, I mourn. Uh, my I, local... I mourn. I, well, I, I mourn was... the past. We 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 had a lot of good bits. We had uh, we had red light, green light. Yeah. We had we had stop me when you've heard enough. Sure. Uh, Sandra Bullock featured heavily in that that segment. What what Paul uh, is describing is We used to call we used to call each other. This is before we did a podcast. Although it would have made a fine podcast lengthy but fine is we would go over the different tv show previews back when network tv was still a thing we would be like here are the new shows you know 
and and we would I would read the blurb and Paul we'd talk about it red light green light we don't do that that the the writing on that became so incomprehensible and terrible that we stopped reading that we stopped doing that and the movies the same way but the movies often were like it stars Sandra Bullock I've heard enough I'm not going to that or there was a t- subject or topic or whatever that we both just hated. I'm not going to that. The, it, it was a lot of fun. And then it just became not worth the time, which our time is pretty yeah. worthless. So, but, you know, you failed when it, it right. can't occupy our time. Uh, right. I think we used to have, we used to have tears, you know, like, these will definitely watch. These are maybes. You know, we 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 played around with the formats. I wanna uh, I wanna shout what? out our favorite moment. My 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 favorite moment, which was the the competitive cutthroat world of jazz band. That was my favorite phrase. Yeah, the cutthroat ever. world of con- competitive jazz band, which described which which we both thought was the most hilarious sentence ever written. And but the movie watched the movie Whiplash yeah. with J.K. Simmons. They didn't take a, it seriously. Yeah, he was he was a sort of a sadistic jazz band teacher, college jazz yeah. band teacher. But the movie was very good, and the description proved to be apt, which I would it not was. have anticipated. So farewell, Entertainment Weekly. I did want to say with this Entertainment Weekly thing, I hope they uh, they continue sending you like little postcards saying, "Hey, we we still got stuff on the internet. Uh, we haven't canceled that." Right, they're gonna you're gonna send me. I'll tell you what they're gonna do is they're gonna send me a card. They'll be like, "We're not gonna refund your subscription," which I shouldn't have any money on the subscription. Uh, But you can here's your access to your stupid online stuff that I've never visited because their websites sing. Mm-hmm. Uh, goodbye. You know, it's we'll be like, Dan, we haven't seen you in a while. Question mark. Where have you been? Click on this website. Yeah. My, my old dentist does that. We haven't seen you. Are you still alive? It's like, I have a different dentist. Let it, let it go. Buddy. I like to, I like to dental around. You know, that's fair. I like to spread my dental care around. That's that's a very mm-hmm. good of you for the community of dentists in the greater Memphis. Area. Yeah, I've got, take I've the hint. You let it go. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of ghosts, Paul. Oh. The yeah, Winter Olympics viewership uh, is ghosting NBC this Winter Olympics. Yeah. I, I hate the Winter Olympics. I don't know that I hate them as much as I hate the Summer Olympics, but yeah. I I will say this. I don't care for either of them. The only thing in the Winter Olympics that I like is the biathlon, which I only like in concept, not enough to actually watch. What, what is that event? That's the, you you ski, and then you stop and you shoot, Rifle oh, shoot targets. I, and then oh, you I do like that. Right. I love that. That seems like some James Bond stuff. It's not, I mean, it's not enough that I'm going to record it and watch it later with any interest, but there are two things I like about it. One, it's, Wait, it's hold on. you're not you're not waking. 
you're not waking up at two in the morning to watch it live. No, if I'm up at two in the morning, something's gone wrong with my digestive system. I'm not up to watch the biathlon, which these are in China. So I don't even know what time it's on. So, So I like the fact that one, it's an interesting mix of sports shooting and skiing i think they should add shooting to more events like you've got to do this Uh, slalom but you've also got to knock down a wild turkey or something i don't know i feel like shooting while uh, running the hurdles has got to be the most dangerous right but we've seen that in crime movies for years people are always running jumping over trash cans and stuff shooting at guys i think it'd be fine secondly the americans have never won a medal in this and so for all of our bluster about how our our great military and just how many guns there are in america and gun violence we can't get a couple of these insane people who are shooting up concerts and whatever to learn how to ski and shoot I just, I, yeah, I love the fact that America has no, has never won any medal whatsoever in this event. Yeah. And I, I, I just feel like I, that one, I hate jingoistic patriotism, especially the jingoistic patriotism that comes along with Olympics. Like, oh, it's fun to root for America. It's not really, yeah. it isn't. Uh, I live here. We're, we're kind of full of, we, we kind of sniff our own farts quite a bit. So this is just, but this year, no one cares because no one knows any of the athletes like Sean White, who's 86 years old. He, he did his last event. He didn't medal, but he's like, well, uh, this is a good time to call it a career. So I can never, so I don't have to stand up top this thing and think this is the time I'm going to seriously injure myself, which to me says something that I hadn't considered, which is. Well, why were you doing it anyway? Like, this is a totally unnecessary thing that people with any damn sense wouldn't have done to begin with. And you're now saying, like, this is something that's been in my head for years. Well, I just don't do things that scare me that much, especially unnecessary things. This isn't like I got to drive to work in an ice storm. That's not that. This is, I'm going to do a thing with a skateboard without wheels on icy services where I'd fall and snap my neck. I don't get it. I mean, he's rich. So I guess that's part of the reason why you do it. You can become rich. That I do like money. Yeah, I do like money. I don't like it enough to do that though. The snowboard. Um, anyway, nobody's watching. And I think, I think that's fine. Cause if that means that NBC is like, well, we can't really afford to keep doing this crap. Uh, and they stop doing it. That's fine too. But I think they're signed up because they spend billions of dollars on this. So I think they're signed up. The network may go under. Who knows? That, that'd be good. Just take, take down the whole network. Yeah. Well, it would shut Jimmy Fallon and another former Saturday night live guy, Seth Meyer, shut those guys up. So I'd be fine with that. Got anything to add on the Winter Olympics, Paul? Uh, I like Dan versus Dave. And uh, 
I like seeing. Uh, what was that? Nineteen eighty-eight. Yeah. <laughs> Nineteen ninety-two, maybe. <laughs> That's fine. I, I like the ads. It was fun. Yeah. Uh, I liked uh, uh, that guy we saw racing at the Drake Relays at one time. Michael Johnson. Right. But, but that was the high point. Since then, uh, my office place forced us to do an office Olympics. That that really soured me on the Olympics concept. And uh, it's become increasingly uh, based on uh, human interest stories and so forth. And it's like, yeah, I don't care. The, the less I know about uh, participants. And we can talk, but... Uh, yeah, the less I know about your personal life and the more I see you hit a home run or uh, do something cool, the better. Uh, yeah. But I, I don't quite get all this winter stuff, so let's, uh, let's take I wanna... a pass on this. There's a mini-series coming out. This this is less... Uh, I'll, I'll I'm going to compare it to that... Um, was it Netflix that had a... 10-part series about Michael Jordan. It was um, ESPN. Oh, yeah. That was that was, actual, that was actual people. That was at the actual players and journalists and coaches and whatnot. This, um, this th- there's a new thing that's coming to the HBO Max. It's about um, the Showtime era Lakers. Right. It has actors in it. Um, like the guy playing, that's less fun. The guy playing Jerry Buss is like the guy from, uh, the sidekick from, um, the date, the Daytona movie, uh, like the Dewey Cox story. And, uh, these these things never work. Ricky Bobby. ESPN, I think did, uh, back when ESPN was doing dramas, Remember they had that football show the NFL didn't like, so they canceled it after a season. But it was actually pretty good. They had like, <laughs> uh, they had well, they they had players doing I, drugs and they had. Uh, all I kinds. agree, but I guess my take is different. Uh, I want to get that out before we completely lose it. Which is like we we're, we're a small generation demographically. <laughs> we're not going to have all the like. Oh, here's the Beatles. Here's the Rolling Stones um, documentaries, um, necessarily. But it, I, it has been nice. Like, oh, this was Michael Jordan. Uh, here's here was the Showtime Lakers. I, I I could be I can remember being you know twelve or thirteen and hearing Marv Albert talk about. Oh, here's the the, the Celtics and the Lakers playing each other. Uh, Saturday yeah, afternoon, Saturday cartoons. Yeah. So, uh, yes. so I, I appreciate that, that there's a little bit of culture coming around, even if it's not good stuff. But, I mean, the all accounts, the Jordan thing was enjoyable to everyone. But uh, We are getting equal turn on that. Like, the Jordan thing was great. Yeah. Uh, I probably won't and watch. That was, that's from my childhood. So, I was like, oh, good. That's great. Yeah, I probably won't watch this Lakers thing because I don't want to see actors playing people that I actually remember. But probably they also watch that 90s, that 90s show coming out. No, I'm not going to be watching that. 
they, they put out like at least two things about OJ. One was a documentary, which yeah. might have been good, but I didn't watch it. And then they put out like a, a mini series, which when I had a house guest one time, we watched it and it was the worst thing I'd ever seen. Uh, it was just hilariously bad. Like Cuba Gooding Jr. was OJ and David Schwimmer was the Kurt. Uh, was this, was this around the, the trial? It was about the trial. Uh, they they have had documentaries and movies about the 1995 Winter Olympics or four 1994 Olympics when some goons associated with Tanya Harding clubbed Nancy Kerrigan on the knee. Although I have to say the I, Tanya movie had two things going for it. One, Margot Robbie was playing I, Tanya. Sure. And... Sure that's a huge upgrade from the actual Tanya and two, the soundtrack was great, but that was mostly because it was music from when I was a kid. You like two weeks ago, you'd mentioned what, why are we having? And just like that, which is a sex in the city spinoff <laughs> and not like documentaries about things that I don't know well, if the Showtime, Lakers, the Showtime Lakers counts something we like i mean i liked that but i don't know if i want to see actors i don't want to see actors playing basketball i can just can't you just what i would prefer is you just put on like okay here's here's game seven lakers celtics you know whatever year i'll watch that yeah i yeah i don't know i don't know what the uh, some smart producer was like oh this Jordan thing is good. Let's do this other thing that's not even the same thing at all. This, but um, I do, I do appreciate the attempt at nostalgia for our generation. Yeah. This, uh, this, um, this thing you're talking about for um, Sex in the City. Yeah. Um, even that feels like a re- kind of a rehash of something that was successful. Let's still try this other thing. You know, they did. Um, uh, a friend's reunion, and that yeah. got people excited. That did so, get people excited. So there, there was friends, and then there was a reunion. Then there was uh, Sex in the City. Yeah. And then they did this movie, which I forget the name of. And, and, then, and then now here we are. I forget exactly the title of it. But I think there's been a couple of. <laughs> of sex in the city movies mm-hmm. well yes uh, but th- this one that was recent uh, the one that killed peloton <laughs> so that one they did an actual movie or whatever it was and then they've done a, a documentary around either sex in the city or the making of that one movie and it's like that's not a normal way to do a documentary. Don't you wait a while or doesn't it have to be something interesting before you, uh, uh, do a look back on it. But anyways, uh, that, that's the other documentary. Uh, John C. Riley is playing Jerry bus. Yes, that's him. And Sean Patrick is playing Larry bird. <laughs> Sean Patrick. Who, who is that? 
That's a good question. Quincy Isaiah is playing Magic Johnson. These people are still alive. Like I don't. I know they can't. I know they can't play the game anymore. Uh, I don't. I, I I don't know that I understand. Yeah. I mean, they acted well enough to do the McDonald's ad, where it's like, okay. Whoever misses first has to pay for this uh, site Sprite or whatever it was. That was was it Coke? It was like no, that was McDonald's. It was like over, over the freeway, uh, around the the Sears Tower, through the hoop. I think they should just into the trash. Just splice that in. Yeah. They, they could have. That would have been fine. Yeah, they made two Peloton movies. Peloton. Uh, Free uh, Fontaine. Uh, Free Fontaine. Fontaine. Yeah. That, that was confusing. They made two uh, In Cold Blood movies. Yeah, two crewmen Day movies. Confusing movies when I was a kid was there was Midnight Express. Then there was Midnight Run with Charles Grogan and uh, Robert De Niro. I, I feel like those were movies at the blockbuster that needed like, a little warning. Or, you know, the people ringing you up <laughs> with Flash. You know, you, you'd have to, like, confirm. Like, you do you know what movie you're getting. It's like, oh, yeah, I, I like Charles Grogan. No, 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 this is a, this is a Turkish prison movie. Right, we get that mistake. We flag this, you know, our uh, cashiers are uh, informed how to handle this. You know, council, no, we're, we're just going to swap this. Don't ask too many questions about what this other movie yeah. was. Midnight Midnight Express is not Midnight Run, just so you know. Right, uh, they're di- they're d- very different. They're not right. they're not like the Prefontaine movies, which are probably pretty similar. Yeah. Yeah, you know, that that's a good idea. I li- I like that. Uh, the the thing I don't like about that that take Paul is that like everything else that we once loved, uh the video store is dead. So uh the onion, which is a parody website just like whatever that one B- Babylon B the Babylon cycle. B, yeah. Yeah. And for that matter, most of the time, Geo Hedge, you yeah. throw them under the bus. I, I'm not throwing them under the bus. I'm just saying they do some parody in there, a little satire. Well, there's been this national discussion about, and when I say discussion, I mean shouting match and hissy fits about what books should be in school libraries. It's been a problem here in Iowa, such a problem. The state legislature is going to make another law. Because Republicans who love small government, their answer for everything is making another law. But The Onion, mm-hmm. they had a headline that I thought was hilarious. Texas school censors all Huck Finn except for the N-words. Yeah. Which I think is what they should try to do at Spotify with Joe Rogan. Because Joe Rogan is infamously now there are supercuts of him using the N word 
that that are well into the eight ten minute mark, where he's just using the N word. And granted, they're out of context, but if you have eight minutes of saying the N word and you're a, a dope, dopey white guy who used to be on Fear Factor, like yeah. I don't know that that there's enough context to make all those N words disappear. Yeah, he can't yeah. just be quoting Richard Richard Pryor that much. He just can't be, or Eddie Murphy, or whatever. I, we already talked the last time that you and I talked about how I don't like Joe Rogan, not because of what he has to say. Although now that he's on the N word, Palooza, maybe even maybe I do just based on that, but because I've been forced to learn about Joe Rogan because culture and the news keep jamming them into my eyeball and my ear hole. And I don't give a flip about Joe Rogan. I wish that Joe Rogan had a feud with somebody like uh, Jim Everett so that they could meet one day face to face. And then Jim Everett could throw a table at him. Uh, That would be fine. But other than that, I don't want to hear from Joe Rogan. I don't listen to his podcast. I didn't really even know who he was. And now, because he's been an asshole, which there's no other way to look at it than that, because he's been that way, I've got to deal right. with his noise, and I'm not I'm right. not up for it. Besides every story. Is there? Yes, okay. <laughs> well, you have a Joe Rogan pin. Let it lay it on me. What's your Joe Rogan uh, pin? Well, so you, you mentioned this thing about uh, book painting. Yeah. Here, here in Tennessee, they're taking the graphic novel the Mouse. Yeah. It's, some, yeah. it's based on the, the Holocaust retelling with cats and mice. Yes. Like that. It's a classic. Um, I, I don't know that anyone was checking that out of the library, but they banned it regardless. Well, from uh, school libraries. Oh, okay. Not regular libraries. I feel like there's a copy up at the, the big library here in Memphis. I don't know if there's an age limit I to check that out. Like, for, I, don't, I don't have much know, truck with this, uh, this book banning yeah. stuff. I I find that to be very dangerous and stupid. Yeah. But the other, but if um, you're in Memphis, I, I, if a kid wanted to read that, you ought to be like dropping to your knees and looking to the star and be like, my God, a kid wants to read. Sure. Here you go. Yeah. Here's, here's the collective um, letters. I don't give a shit what you want to read. Just read, you know, Memphis has a terrible literacy rate. So whatever it takes to get them to read, I'm all for it. Even if it's something that has a naked mouse in it, which was the objectionable content. Oh, it's yeah, not the okay. objectionable content, though. It's the anti-Semitic assholes who don't who want to deny the call, Holocaust. That's where this is all coming from, and it's ridiculous. Well, so so that was my local uh, Tennessee angle on this book uh, book situation. Yeah, but uh, this Joe Rogan thing he's 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 been in the news, and um, there's there's been this. Um, um, or caravan, or uh, I don't know what the group convoy right. of Canadian truckers 
um, who have uh, in a protest against mandates for being vaccinated across the border um, have descended on the Canadian nas- national capital, Ottawa. Um, so, I, so yeah, I, no one. There, there's a lot of anti-Joe Rogan sentiment out there, and the, the police are. Um, they've called in because of these uh, truckers, and it's funny because they have little videos, and they they seem very nice and well behaved, like every other Canadian. But uh, I guess my own my only comment on this, regardless of like who's who's right and who's wrong about this, is I feel like you're um, I don't know if you're doing very well in terms of. Um, adding to your base of uh, supporters when you're um, like you don't like Joe Rogan don't listen to him you know why are you giving them all this extra attention by uh, saying oh I don't want my music on Spotify you know and if you don't like this uh, this convoy it's like well they breaking any laws are they breaking windows you know problems well if they're Disrupting traffic, that's one thing about that, but otherwise, let it go. It's like, well, you've got your opinion, we've got ours, and uh, we're, we're the government, so our opinion kind of matters until you, you know, let sure. someone else. Um, it, yeah. it does seem like uh, it's another data point of how people are just over the top in terms of uh, yeah. kind of heightened aggression against other people and their opinions. Right. Um, the answer could just be to, you know, let things go That's a little good. bit. Focus on something else, read, read or watch something else. The thing I don't like about but, these oh. protests, the, mm-hmm. the Joe Rogan protests, is it's really just... Um, another form of censorship like neil young and what's her name joni mitchell they're they're pulling their music off of spotify well who does that hurt that hurts them because whatever pennies they get to from from spotify they're not getting anymore which is fine they don't need them but the other people that it hurts are people who wanted to listen to their music like if i'm a neil young fan and i'm listening to them on spotify And it's all gone all of a sudden because of this jerk that I don't listen to anyway. Why am I being? Yeah, it's the same way as like protesting Chick-fil-A. I'm upset with Chick-fil-A. Why am I having to deal with this nonsense about, oh, well, the guy doesn't like gay marriage or whatever. So I don't even know what his thing is. Like, I honestly don't. It's just everybody made it into a national friggin tragedy but you know being upset about stuff for no apparent reason has uh been uh has really been it's horrible yeah it's horrible that joe rogan is using uh, racially insensitive language yeah if he's uh, if he has negative opinions about um people of other races that's even worse but what I would say is the people pointing this out, they don't actually care about that. Their, their concern is this um, conversation about vaccines that they're 
sure. looking to suppress. And, you know, if they're, if he's wrong about that, then, okay, he's wrong, you know. Right. Um, my my thing is, wrong. My, my thing about Joe Rogan, or, well, I, I think Trevor Noah, who's a guy I can take or leave most of the time, but he had a good opinion about this. He's like, this is really like Spotify. They had some statement about this, about controversial this, and they were taking these episodes down and all this nonsense. Trevor Noah had the the better answer, which was, hey, uh, just, you know, either take the guy off or be racist, you know, just to own your racism. Like, oh, yeah, Joe Rogan's our racist programming, and that's that. But, you know, like, we're, like we like, we like racist. Yeah, we like the racist money. Well, so we're just have, that's who we're serving well, racists. Well, this is a podcast about money. This is this old house that's home improvement. Yeah. This is, a, this this is, is our racist podcast. Yeah. yeah. There you go. Yeah. Because none of the comedy, none of the comedy podcasts are about funny things, so you might as well just get down to like this nonsense. Paul, my parents have broken into my apartment and they're throwing things around. Well, speaking speaking of funny, yeah, this is something we can tip for the next podcast if we're writing things down. Yeah, there's the People magazine. Uh, article on my Apple News feed about uh, Chelsea Handler having to cancel a comedy special because uh, some troubling doctor's report. I, I look what, forward to doing a. Was the report a, that she uh, wasn't funny? Like they they took her to the ER and they checked. It's like no, I can't find an ounce of funny yeah. on you. Well, and she's like, well, the nurse laughed and it's like, well, that's Nurse Ratchet. She's that's pretty humorous. Yeah, kind of famous for that. Yeah, that was a false. That was a false positive reading for humor. It's <laughs> uh, actually no medical reason to prevent you from doing this. It's more of a humor thing. We just haven't found that. Our, all of our tests uh, have come back negative. Sure. Um, anyway, that was that was a bit. Speaking of humor. I didn't get that uh, pin. That's on me. Comedian. That's on me. We'll, we'll put that in next week's podcast. Plus, I, I assume your mom has got some lunch fixed up or you've got some of that yeah. grilled pork roast. I do. <laughs> to, yeah. to, to gnaw on. All right, man. Yeah, well, uh, I'm glad you got power back so that uh, these podcasts are possible again. Because when we have a guest yeah. host, the, the, the when we have a guest host, the viewership goes into the tank. Yeah. It's like David worse. Brenner dubbing for Carson. You just can't do it. Hey, it's like it's worse, worse than the printed version of Entertainment Weekly. Uh, <laughs> not a thing anymore. <laughs> All right, buddy. I will talk to you later. From Des Moines, I am Dan. From Memphis, that is Paul. Be kind and behave, everyone. Bye bye. Well, guess we can close the file on that one.